Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hi guys and welcome back to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 32 and we are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back guys. We're hello, all, hello. We're, we're right on time this time, huh? Oh my god. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's almost like we have schedule <laughs> thank you for all of you uh, listeners who are very patient with us when we do not stay on schedule but you know we are vis- very important busy women we are we definitely are uh, just uh, we've been on uh, as you guys know it's been con season so we've had a lot of things going on yes um, and we still have another just one more event right to go we have one more event that we have scheduled so far um, it's the Tia Chuchas um, Words Festival which mm-hmm. is on June 2nd in Pacoima Pacoima yes I think that's gonna be the first time going to Pacoima for me oh really yeah mm-hmm. I don't believe I've ever been there <laughs> So I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> I, I have, I've been to Pacoima quite often. Um, girls that I used to work with with my previous job that I used to mentor, a lot of them um, lived out in the valley in in the Pacoima area. So um, I've been there quite often. Uh, and then after that, there's nothing confirmed, but we still are waiting to hear back from San Diego uh, mm-hmm. Comic Con to see if we have if our panel was. Uh, approved. Approved. I hope yeah. it is. I, I I think that'd be a totally different crowd. So yeah. um, I'm very excited. I I really like how I'm seeing the diversity between uh, how different they are uh, each con. Mm-hmm. Each con is completely has a completely different personality, and I'm really liking yeah. all the different personalities. It's been quite a quite a ride, guys. Yes. And I'd have to say I think it's a direct. Um, it's it's Kristen's fault. It's my fault. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's the one who, like, you know, uh, has had all these connections and had us uh, expand what we do. And so I think uh, the growth has been um, directly Kristen's fault. <laughs> Thank it all started because you happily <laughs> signed us up to Easterly. Yes. Tape. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, we're going to share our Cheese de la Semana as a unit. Uh, we are going, and what's on your. Uh, What's the cheese been, girls, about the cons? What's, what's the dirt? What's the dirt? <laughs> yeah. some dirt right now. So, so but, yeah, go for it. Uh, on Twitter, Gail Simone, who I follow, because she's really funny, but she tweets, like, on the hour, every <laughs> She's hour. very active, actually, she's yes. super active. But, either way, she tweeted out that she likes Deadpool 2 better than Avengers she even set up a poll on her, oh, on her Twitter, yeah. and so far it seems to be yeah, <laughs> it seems to be that more people enjoy Avengers: Infinity War mm-hmm. more than they do Deadpool. That's I'm in that camp firmly, actually. Mm-hmm. Avengers is better than Infinity. War. For me, yes, I enjoyed Infinity War better than Deadpool. I liked Deadpool. I loved Deadpool, the first one. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the second one. I think I would give it another view. Um, but I was thoroughly entertained. I didn't hate it. Um, I just didn't think it was as good as the first one, but I've already talked to people who thought that it was better than the first one. So um, I think that it's it, there's a lot of varying um, points of view. Yeah. 
opinions out there. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, uh, but yeah, also my brother said that uh, the first one was better. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, like you said, I've I have heard that the second one's better. Yeah. So it's I haven't seen it, so I I have no very clashing. Views. Wait, little Wade <laughs> and I were there on opening night. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Stuck in between your boobs. Yep. I saw that <laughs> the most comfortable uh, seat in the room. Yep. <laughs> so I haven't seen Deadpool 2, so I'm reserving judgment. But we've all seen Avengers Infinity War, right? Yes. Yeah. Have we talked about it? No. No, mm-hmm. we, just, no. we just grazed over it because we yeah. didn't want to spoil anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's keep it at that because it hasn't even really been out for that long. It hasn't even been a month. April, it was April 26th or 27th, oh, so almost to, a month. Almost a month. Yeah. Um, um, but um, I liked Avengers Infinity War. It felt like a three-hour long trailer, though. Hmm. Um, I actually didn't feel the three hours. For me, I didn't just, either. it felt really... I was just really emotional, just, I think. It was just too much too much death for me. <laughs> you all know that that is Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> too much death. <laughs> too much death. That was, that was so depressed. <laughs> that was, I wasn't surprised. At, I mean, anybody who's read the comics. Yes, that's the thing, is that anyone that walked out of that movie and started getting on facebook or twitter or whatever crying or complaining what'd you do whatever i'm like you know what that's what you get that's what you deserve for not reading the comics (laughs) (laughs) to feel all this and and not know what's gonna happen next well um yeah and you know and you're right i actually did not want to read the book before seeing the movie i wanted to see the movie and then read the book just because i i always do this i'm always like the book was better and so you know well, that's because the book is always better. Yeah. Yeah. So I always go in and, you know, I like to be surprised. So uh, that's on, that's next on my reading list. Is, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and the thing is, is that this movie didn't specifically follow one specific book. It was like a, it kind of a conglomeration of the overall storyline, I think. Um, cause we, we saw him gathering the stones and then we saw the end result of that. But, uh, Infinity Gauntlet is just, he already has all the stones and it's just, yeah. Stones. So. Okay. So I said I wasn't going to get into it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things about Avengers Infinity War that, uh, was like, I was, I just, <laughs> when someone on Twitter said that basically they, they, on Twitter, someone basically was just a, like, they put Thanos, uh, first year econ- economics major <laughs> who doesn't understand how agriculture works. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to kill half the half the population uh and to so resources can last. Well, honestly, I mean, I understand why they had to change his motivation. Um nobody sitting uh, around that big round table, uh the the big studio heads, I think was going to green light a movie where this big bad uh total boss character is motivated by love. I I can see or infatuation with Mm -hmm. death. I can see why they changed it. Yeah, I'm still salty about that. (laughs) I'm I'm so, so Uh, salty. I'm so salty. um, But uh, I 
I and actually Eddie too, he had a hard time uh believing the motivation. Mm-hmm. Um and for me I just wanted I'm just such a huge Thanos fan, I just glazed right over it and I just let the movie tell me whatever it wanted to and I took it all it hook, line you, and sinker. It, it let you whisper sweet nothing <laughs> yep. to you and you fell for it. I sure did. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> And like, and like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't accept that. I thought that was, I thought, honestly thought that was a disservice to his character, Mm -hmm. but also like, uh, like, I think it made him less compelling as a a Mm -hmm. villain. I thought, I thought that that was kind of like a, okay, so you turned him into the equivalent of, I guess, of a shitty dude, bro. I mean, I mean, like, Uh like, basically, like, what he was saying is, like, stuff that is, (laughs) (laughs) is stuff that, um, it's not compelling to me, Mm -hmm. because, uh, it's, it was, it was frankly a little boring, the, I know, like, they wouldn't have greenlit like oh he's in love with death or he's motivated by love infatuation and stuff like that but that was more interesting to me than whatever the the shitty reason that he had that was interesting in the in infinity gauntlet it was interesting to me because it um it showed a vulnerability in thanos which is why i really enjoy his character there's there's this i know he's not human but to me it was like this this humanity component mm-hmm. and um i guess they kind of tried to access that in the movie through his relationship with gamora mm-hmm. which is what i how i interpreted that um but uh all the other stuff like it not making sense of you know uh getting rid of half the people and and you know the uh resources being more readily available if that was what was going to happen for all the parts that it didn't make sense in my mind i just kept telling myself well he's the freaking mad titan of course it doesn't make sense he's not right in the head (laughs) and then i just went on and joined the movie (laughs) yeah maybe because uh i was just listening to the song uh nobody's right if everybody's wrong so i'm like he's gonna have his opinion no matter what i mean even if it's not you know approved by the masses or you know if people think he's just nuts it's just it makes sense to him Mm -hmm. so so um this will be the last uh, episode that jen is part of (laughs) 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 it was a good run run. (laughs) bye (laughs) so uh yeah, so our cheese somehow turned into <laughs> to Infinity War, but uh, I, I definitely think we want to. Um, is cheese miar an actual word? Yes. Okay. Yes, cheese miar. Uh, yeah. uh, about uh, our conventions that we've done yes. uh, in the past couple of weeks. So yeah. um, we have um, just come off of a really amazing weekend at Comic Con Revolution in yes. Ontario. That was such a great convention. I loved it. And then the weekend before, we were at East LA Cape uh, in East LA. So I um, probably why don't we just go around and say what um, our favorite things were from each of those. I'm going to go first. This is Sarah. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to start with East LA Cape. East LA Cape, I really loved it. Uh, this time around because, uh, the weather was, uh, a lot better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last year we almost died. We died. <laughs> we died of heat. Um, uh, this time around there was a light sprinkle during, uh, the day, mm-hmm. the morning, but, uh, also was, uh, um, we were outside. So it was a bigger con yes. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it didn't feel as crowded. So I really liked that. But mostly I loved about East LA Cape was, it was like coming to visit family. Yes. Like mm-hmm. everybody remembered us, including the people that went to the con. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, we remember you, remember you from last year. Yeah. What happened to El Pandul? Yeah. yeah where's the conchas? Las conchas. <laughs> we're like, oh, couldn't do it. Couldn't do the conchas. Um, but, um, but it was overall wonderful. A lot of people came by our table and told us they started listening to us from the last year. Yeah. Because they, they met us at, uh, uh, East LA Comic Con. So that was awesome. That's the part I really loved. Um, I was able to move around. That was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had a booth. Yeah. As opposed to all three of us being stuck behind a six foot table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was great. And we had to crawl under to go to the bathroom. Oh, we sure oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't do that this year because Kristen's foot. Yeah, so oh. thank goodness. Yeah, it was great. I, man, there was, uh, it was just great. It was overall great. Uh, we were like at the entrance, so we saw a lot of people come in and out. That was really cool. Um, so that was my favorite part of, uh, East LA Cape. Um, as far as Comic Con Revolutions, um, I just love the whole thing. I love the whole thing because as soon as I got off the freeway, um, I found parking, $10 parking. It was great. Um, and then I walked a little bit to the front and then we were, uh, professional speakers. So because we were at the, um, at the panel, so our line was super small. Yeah. Love that. Uh, (laughs) Got in, just waited outside our panel room, went in the panel, did our panel, and then came out. And I, as soon as I stepped into the hall, exhibitor hall, I saw a bishop from, uh, I, don't, I don't know what his name, his real name is, the actor who plays bishop in the Aliens movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, I kind of geeked out. And then, um, and then. And then you were trying to tell us, I was like, <laughs> what? I've never seen that movie. And I'm like, oh my gosh. She got mad. And I was like, what? <laughs> Um, uh, i lost some geek cred (laughs) but it was just great and then um i had some coffee i brought some coffee to some of the people who had tables who Mm -hmm. were moving from their table and it was just great it was really like um not that crowded which i loved yes uh some cons it's like you can't even move yes and Um, they had some really big names there actually i wasn't able to go uh see jason aaron which i really wanted to and every time i was free he wasn't at the table but um i'm really upset that i missed that opportunity because every time i did see him the line was long but probably nothing compared to what it's going to be like at any of the other bigger conventions Mm -hmm. well i also had a regret i didn't get a chance to see uh kevin conroy who is my 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 batman so, oh. <laughs> so, um, there's that, but it was just great. Um, walking down the aisles, everybody was really friendly. It was really great. It was just wonderful. I, I it was really chill. Yeah. As the kids say. Yeah. So that was my, <laughs> that's, that was my favorite part. Cool. Well, this is Kristen. Um, at 
East LA Cape, I think that my favorite thing, uh, in addition to what Sarah was saying about all the people that came by our table and, uh, told us that they started, that they listened and that they were fans and that they started listening from meeting us last year. That was really super cool. I always, no matter how many times this is going to happen, I always, when people tell me that they listen, cause we, Jen and I actually have experienced people coming into the shop and oh. saying, we listen to Komasi comics and I know, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, cool. And he'll say, I know you're Kristen because you have a broken foot. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that episode. <laughs> so, um, that was really cool. But what I really liked about it is it's just so cool to be around, uh, Latino culture. That's true. To have true. this convention in the neighborhood in a uh, location where literally across the street we bought bandulce, cafe de olla um, I bought the chicharrones that we were eating all day so good. Uh, we had <laughs> breakfast burritos um, and that was just that wasn't some special thing that uh, they brought in like at a food truck or whatever that was part of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and the fact that this convention is in the in the hood, in the trenches of where our you know our our consumer base that we're trying to reach uh, and to share stuff with uh, is I really enjoy because even Latino Comics Expo that's amazing and I love it but it's at it's at a, a museum in Long Beach mm-hmm. and it's not this not the same and I really enjoyed the the just the feeling of being there amongst. The people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, to reiterate on that, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a guy who was selling t-shirts that he made himself across the street and he came down oh, and really? talked to us, yeah, oh. at our table. He's like, I saw your banner and I saw the pan dulce <laughs> and I came over to talk and see what, what was it about. And I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, people just walking down the street. Yeah. And so, you know, like, so, so, barrio, and then come down and, you know, talk to us. It was great. Yeah. It was wonderful. And there were actually quite a few people that said, I didn't even know this was happening today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just saw it out here. And like Sarah said, they had to expand into the parking lot this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how successful last year was. And so we were out in the parking lot. And so a lot of people who didn't know that this was going on came uh, through us first because um, they just happened to be walking down the street mm-hmm. and saw all the the canopies and uh, people hanging out. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that we had people coming up to us saying, hey, I know you're Commodity Comics. Please review my book. Or oh, yes. please, you know, this is what I do. And, and, you know, let's, let's, uh, have some sort of collaboration. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. The, the dialogue between, uh, us and people was just amazing. I mean, there was this one guy who, you know, was smoking a cigarette and he's like, I w- will you review my comic book? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, well, I, I, how do I write one? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember that. I remember. <laughs> and oh we we God. referred him to the sketchy bugs. Right. And yeah. then at the end when we we were waiting for you to come by with the car when we had all our stuff in the front. Yeah. Uh he came towards me and he's like, "Hey man, thanks a lot for that referral. I'm going to get to work on my comic book." Oh, that's I'm like, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. We actually got a uh you know like a a whole feedback from, you know, like his start to finish. So yeah. Now, now I feel like compelled to, you know, read his comic book, not just because we just 
I think we, we it, I, if it comes to fruition, I think, you know, somos la madrinas there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely deserve um, some space on his dedication page. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then really quickly, just for Comic-Con Revolution, this is the second year that I've been. It's the second year that they have had the convention. And I also enjoy the fact that it's a smaller convention. It's not super crowded. You're able to just see everything that you want to see. Um, all of the Artist Alley um, people were so friendly and nice and cool. But I have to say my favorite thing, I'm going to give a shout out to um, Geeky and Kinky. Um, oh, it is a... Hey. It's a, it's a company who takes, um, like geeky, uh, I guess characters. Like, for example, there were some Star Wars, uh, kind of images, like a lightsaber. Um, there was, uh, all the characters from Scooby Doo. Um, and then there was a Batman and Spider-Man and Godzilla. And so all of these characters that I'm, telling you were all uh, made into enamel pins but they weren't just made into enamel (laughs) pins of their regular um, the way that they appear in whatever franchise that you've seen them in there is a kinky aspect so for example all of the Scooby-Doo characters Velma, Fred, Daphne I think even Scooby got in on it a little bit Um, they all were tied up or bound in some BDSM type of way Um, there was a Star Wars lightsaber that at the end of it was a big red penis, um, and That's the a lot. and there was a uh, there was, it was a dick saber. Yeah, there was a um, a penis that was uh, designed at, to look like Godzilla, um, and it was called Cockzilla. <laughs> I I can't believe you. That was my favorite acquisition of the con. Um, a huge shout out to Geeky and Kinky, and I think their website is just simply geekyandkinky.com. Um, and they have all of these available online as well. And I have to tell you, the way that I, they were kind of in the corner, way in the back, and we were just walking down the aisle, and I was walking with Jen, and Jen said, Kristen, look! And I just saw the sign, and, and I think there was a kind of a a blown up uh, picture of, uh, of Velma tied up. And I said, "Oh my gosh!" And I just made a beeline over there, yep. and I I bought um I bought four pins. <laughs> 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 so that was my favorite Comic Con Revolution experience. <laughs> but we we did two panels. Um, we did the the Latinx panel, and then Jen and I did the um. Tales from the Comic Shop panel, and that was really fun. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, I ended up uh, live streaming it on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it was uh, it was really cool. Yeah. I, I, I laughed. It was I laughed. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I peed on myself. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was oh, really cool. And you know what? I uh, just to reiterate on that of uh, the whole artist alley. I really love the way they laid out the artist alley so it was all the vendors outside oh, uh-huh. and then the artist alley in the was middle. in the middle mm-hmm. and i thought that was really cool yeah took me by surprise i was like what but <laughs> it, was, it cool. was cool it was cool good planning this is jen and for east la cape um uh, and 
you know what, this just occurred to me because of when you had talked about Comic-Con Revolution is my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about East LA Cape was the food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, I say this because um, we don't know Ontario, so when we went to Comic-Con Revolution, it was in Ontario, and we had no idea where to go eat. Yeah. Whereas with East LA Cape, I could not throw a freaking stone yep. without hitting something. Right across the street. I, oh, right across the street. The next the next building over, mm-hmm. on the, I was surrounded all sides. Yeah, all oh, sides. Yeah. yeah, and not yeah. to mention that kid who came around with That's his That's right! Oh, my God! Oh, my, he got all my money. He was such a great salesman. At first, I remember uh, at the beginning when we were getting the first Coke of the day. Yeah. Uh, there's this kid with this kind of like this uh, can or some kind of thing with wheels on it. It's he a was tub. a tub that he was pushing with like, you know, drinks and stuff and chips. And at first he's like, do you want a Coke? Like, like really shy. Yeah. By the end of it, he was like winking at us. Yeah. He, he was telling us, you know, you want this Coke. <laughs> And he he succeeded in selling us, I think, at no less than, like, I know I had three that day. <laughs> I had two. Co- uh, no, I had three Cokes, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't and, know about you, Jen, but and at the end of the day, he was selling me nachos I didn't even want. <laughs> <laughs> that kid was awesome. Oh, I didn't drink any soda that day. Oh. I was trying to come back. Oh, I don't know what I was doing. I, oh, I was drinking coffee. No, oh, okay. Oh, um, yeah. We had big old cups of coffee. Yeah. So, then we had chicharron. Yeah. Oh, man. I had a tamale stashed in my bag. <laughs> I was like, we had we had dulce from the bakery across the street. Yes. We had breakfast, like, two buildings over uh-huh. that does these great burritos. Oh, uh, with the, tam- uh, not tamales. The breakfast with, burritos, um, right? Nopal, right? Nopal, yeah. Nopales, yeah. Um, I wanted to return... Because everybody who um, was familiar with that restaurant raved about their um, their burrito with the uh, chile relleno. Yeah, with the chile relleno. Chile relleno mm-hmm. And I wanted to go back, and I just never got the opportunity to. Yeah, and they closed early. Mm. Yeah, they they, did. I mean they opened early, but they also yeah. closed early. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, that was that was one of my fave things about it. Like I was going to say something else, but no, that, 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 that <laughs> was let's that be was real. One of my yeah, That's, totally. let's be real here. There was like there was a lot of food that you could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, and I very much appreciated that. But I also really enjoyed the new slew of content that yes. we were able to get because. Uh, it wasn't just that the the fact that they had to expand to the next lot to fit more room for creators and stuff like that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they kind of like changed the roster up a bit mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So we saw some of the same guys. Lalo was there. We need to get into yeah. Lalo. I, <laughs> oh my god, oh that my god. was the coolest we thing, keep right? Saying this every single yeah. Moment, like every, <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, uh, Lalo was there. The guys who did um, uh, the children's storyboard books. Um, oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. was there. Um, uh, a lot fan base press was there. We were there. So there was there was a, a lot of the people that we saw last year and who recognized us and who some of them who listened to our panel our panel mm-hmm. our um, um podcast our podcast <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them whose book we reviewed from last year who we've become actually you know quite friendly with and have had uh, created. Um, on, built ongoing relationships with um, I thought that was really cool that was super right, cool right exactly 
And so that, uh, but we, I was still able to find at least three new books to mm-hmm, pick mm-hmm, up, and I thought mm-hmm. that was really, really cool. Yeah. And then we found a Swamp Thing, or no, a Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, art for Kristen. <laughs> and we actually, that same artist was at um, Comic-Con Revolution at as well. Comic-Con uh-huh. Revolution oh, cool. as well, yeah. So that was that was really really cool, and that's uh, that's another aspect that I really liked about East LA Cape is mm-hmm. that they're switching it up a little bit. Mm-hmm, so who mm-hmm. knows if we'll make the roster again next year? But yeah, I, I hope we do. But I also won't, I would not be I would not be sad at all if they have a lot of new content. Yeah, even more new content, which yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, for Comic Con Revolution, I did enjoy very much that it was a lot more intimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes, it's so it was it was a lot smaller, small a lot smaller than like the Los Angeles Convention Center. Yes, mm-hmm. I've been once to the San Diego Convention Center, not for San Diego Comic Con for another reason, and um uh, and other like smaller cons that I've been to were somehow bigger than this one mm-hmm. yeah and it's yeah. just i think because of the area that i'm in or just like my skew my what i see as small and what other people see as small right yeah different but um uh, it was it definitely felt a lot more intimate and it was really really cool i liked that a lot what i really liked though was the fact that it was a small one but they had a lot of talent mm-hmm. like oh, jason yeah. aaron marv wolfman yeah um, uh, kevin conroy they had three voice actors from um uh, overwatch which i went to go see their panel <laughs> <laughs> nice. they had um um oh god there was somebody else their name escapes me right now um but they just they had they had a lot of mm-hmm. they had a lot of like really cool talent yeah and i was just like oh my god this is amazing um and that that was just really really cool, and um, I I did like the format as well of how they had the artist alley in the center instead of like split off to the side. Yeah, so it was more like a highlight on the artist alley, mm-hmm. whereas it's uh-huh. sort of like the the step the step kid you kind of put off to the side. Yeah, yeah. Other oh my cons- gosh. <laughs> <laughs> not Emerald City. That's why I really like Emerald City. Oh, Emerald cool! Cool. Right on. But um, um, that's what I really liked about Comic Con Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know what? You are absolutely right about the whole food situation because um, unless you were eating inside and then they ran out of the pizza, pizza is what yeah. I heard, mm-hmm. uh, because it was either pizza or hot dogs, and the hot dogs were one of those... Uh, and really dry-looking sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even look at the sandwiches. Yeah. There was not much of a selection, and then what? The good, the better of the all three was uh, they, ran out, they ran out right away. Mm-hmm. So uh, we ended up walking to uh, a Marie Callender's, which took us forever it was like it was a mission for it sure. was a third of a mile per my <laughs> gps but the gps literally showed the dot in the middle of a field and so we walked around the long way in my walking boot and with my pink cane <laughs> so it was it felt like a really really long walk but uh, we realized after we finally found it that we went the long way and that there was a much shorter way <laughs> to access marie calendars yes. <laughs> yes uh but it was it, it, and it was kind of okay food even though we went to Marie Callender's. good. I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed my that. pie. I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed my uh, mm-hmm. pot pie um, partly because it didn't have an inside crust, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my pasta was 
Oh yeah, she didn't like her pasta. Right. It was uh, watery. So that's all to say that <laughs> East LA Cape Food <laughs> won hands down. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> they won by like as soon as I saw that we could order chicharron, I was just like, sign me the fuck up. Yep, I as soon as uh, I saw that it was on the menu, um, she actually pointed it out to me. I'm like, oh my gosh! So I went and I said, can you order? Are they done? And they're like, no, sorry, they're not ready. I'm like, well, when will they be ready? I'm like, can I buy it now and come back for it? <laughs> Because I know that when you have good chicharron, you they sell out, mm-hmm. and they only have so much per day. So I'm like, just let me buy it, and I'll come back whenever you tell me. <laughs> Text me, I'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I uh, well, no, we have we have a we have a El Superior or uh, yeah, but Numero was, Uno or whatever <laughs> in my in in Torrance, but this uh, was way better though. No, we, we I like, like I I think yeah. it's Numero Uno. I don't know. There, it's a it's a grocery store uh, in Torrance. It's more close to um, Harbor Gateway that has really good chicharron. Mm, gotta try that. But no, the chicharron you had was really good, really really good. Mm. And then uh, for lunch, I think we had carnitas and uh, asada uh-huh. burritos mm-hmm. that we all shared with delicious. Um, but yeah, originally I went over there to go get uh, quesadillas and they ran out. So we're like, oh. how do you run out of quesadillas? And it's like, well, you purchase some fresh so ingredients yep. and then they, you know, once mm-hmm. they, you know, they're good, once people you're come, out, you're, you're out. out. Yeah, exactly. But yes, that that was our chisme de las, uh, del Isla Cape and Revolutions. Right, guys. What are what time is it now? Is it like beer time? It is <laughs> beer time. Yes, it's so always beer time. We uh, today <laughs> are trying beer called. Well, it's from the brewery, um, and it's, it's brewery B R U E R Y. I believe we've had a couple of beers from brewery before. Um, here, if not, it's just because I'm familiar with it because. Um, uh, they have, I don't remember what it's called, but they have one that, uh, I usually get if I see it. Mm-hmm. But, um, it is called, it says Brewery Tarot, T-E-R-R-E-U-X, and it is called Frederick H. So, uh, from their brewery website online, it says, we are on a first name basis with our new German style tart wheat beer. Meet Frederick H. And then in parentheses, it says the H stands for Huttenroth. Uh, but this isn't Fred as you knew him with Sarah. Who's Sarah? That's what I want to know. It's probably another beer. Uh, okay. Uh, it says this is a Berliner Weiss with an entirely different personality. So, uh, if you know a Ber- Berliner Weisses, um, they are tart beers. They're, they're wheat beers and they and they have a very tart finish to them. Um, so it says at his core, that I like how they're referring to the beer as, uh, with his <laughs> pronouns. <laughs> right? At his core, Frederick H. embodies some of the elements you'd expect in a Berliner Weiss-style beer. But as a tart flavor profile from lactobacillus and a hint of bretanomyces, boy, we're talking science and chemistry here today, (laughs) uh, and a traditionally low ABV. Listeners, just per that description, I'm out. (laughs) Low ABV 
yeah. what the heck am I drinking beer for? I know. It's, I think it's a four <laughs> point something. <laughs> Uh, it says he gets a little racy though and gains even more funky and earthy notes from house cultures and fermentation in our oak fodders at Brewery Tarot. After nature takes its course, Frederick H. emerges with a bright, refreshing body, palate cleansing tartness, and an all natural rawness. That sounds sexy. You could say the complexity of Frederick H. has reinvented our outlook on the style. In fact, he's now a mainstay in our lineup. So that is what we'll be trying today. It is in a... Um, it's in a bottle, and it is 12.7 fluid ounces. So, where did you, uh, where did you acquire this, this one? Yes. Oh, actually, this is a I interesting can't get story. It open. <laughs> okay, there we go. She can't get it open. Um, Ooh. Uh, smells good. Oh, cool. Right on. Um, oh, I, I made my mouth water. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what she said. Because I know um, it's going to be tart. Uh, I actually went, uh, my, my nephew lives in, in Long Beach, um, and so we were on Long Beach Boulevard, no, Atlantic Boulevard, at, and we happened to be walking, uh, I, I found a parking po- a spot in front of the barbershop because he needed his haircut, but then he, they only take cash. So we ended up walking to the Chase. barber only takes cash. Yeah, so okay. we we went walking to Chase. Old school. And as we were walking to Chase, I saw this place that says uh, the largest uh, craft beer refrigerated section in L.A. or something uh-huh. like that, like something really off the charts. Yeah. And I told my nephew, I want to go in here. And he goes, no, <laughs> don't go in there. And I'm like, come on, I'm just gonna take a video. Uh, so I went in there and it was, it was really beautiful. I'm, I'm actually gonna post a video. And this was in Long Beach? Yes. And okay. it's called Corked. Corked? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, uh, it's huge. It's beautiful. It's really fancy in there. Anyway, I was overwhelmed by their entire beer selection, but I chose this one because I thought, um, um, you were into wheat beers. So. I am into wheat beers. I'm not into tart beers, but. I've have had some Berliner Weisses in the fa- past that I have liked, so we will see. My mouth is watering just from the smell of it, because I know what Ooh. I'm going to get when I drink it, and okay. so I'm trying to prepare myself. But just to backpedal a little bit, yes, old school <laughs> businesses in 2018 do the, that do not have PayPal or Square or something. Forget it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm out. Like. If I can't Venmo you or PayPal you or you can't take my card, then what are you even doing in business? I'm sorry. Right. It's 2018. And it's true. But, you know, like, uh, I do need exercise. So, and, and I really <laughs> wanted to see the shops around. And I found a really crazy little, kind of crazy little uh, cheese shop. Um, tea? Cheese. Oh, oh, a tea place and a cheese shop. Cheese or Cheese. Cheese. Cheese, okay. Cheese, queso. 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 It's queso because they have a lot of French stuff and weird cheeses. Uh, but it's from, from, uh, oh no, that's, that's not French. That's Italian. Fromage. <laughs> Fromaggio. Fromaggio. And then uh-huh. I saw, yeah. t- and then I saw a tea place, uh, uh, which I, I want to go back to, like a little tea room, and then you can, da- there's a little dance floor, so I want to look into that. But it's, cool. re- it was a really cute little place to walk through, so I, I, anyway, I, I was, I like the walk. So what this I'm beer, that's all to say, has come all the way from the streets of Long Beach. <laughs> Long Beach. De la, okay. De la Playa Larga. Here we go. <sighs> I can't do it. <laughs> I want to wait till you guys do it. <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> my I mouth love it. Is it's so, totally different. My mouth is like watering. Cheers. 
There we go. <laughs> oh my god! I should have recorded the faces, you guys. Oh my god! You guys, you guys are. This is this is so funny. <laughs> oh man, they finished their water too. Oh my goodness! It's so tart and sour. Like some people love this crap. Mm, I they love, love it. the taste of vomit in their mouth. And I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay, so this beer to me, this is Kristen, tastes like somebody got what are those candies where you um ha- okay it's it tastes like they put those like sweet and sour uh what are those warheads they opened up a warhead and just poured all the middles into a glass and added water mm. that's what this tastes like to me <laughs> i'm gonna be a little bit more visceral um <laughs> The one time that I remember getting pass out drunk, um, um, uh, like, like, not, I didn't pass out, but I was very close to it, and I remember this. Uh, I remember regurgitating, aka vomiting up all the alcohol that I took. AKA vomiting. Uh, <laughs> throwing up, and that taste of the alcohol coming back up. That's what this tastes <gasps> like. Yes! That's what this tastes yes! like to me. And I'm not gonna touch that. You are, you know what? This You're t- right. This tastes like how when I throw up. It tastes a combination of of bile and and the alcohol. And I'm not about that. And that's what sour beer or tart beers taste like to me. Even I don't know if, he, if Kristen may have noticed the face I made when I smelled it. It smelled like it. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, this is this is Sarah, and I really enjoyed it. Listen, okay, if look, this was this podcast is just gonna be Kristen herself because <laughs> now you're out. <laughs> okay, listen, if this was a seven, maybe even a six four, I'll start at six four, six four and up. I would choke this shit down just for the buzz. But a four is not worth it. <laughs> and you know what? Come at me if you like <laughs> tart beers. <laughs> I will take a hoppy IPA over this any day. You know what? I'll take the I'll take a hop I'll take the hops. I'll take the hops over this. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, I still actually have water. You can want some water, you can pour oh, some in. There. <laughs> I can t- I can taste it. It's it, it's my twenty second birthday all over again. <laughs> And um, it says best served in a tulip or wine glass. So we we have one of the, these chubby tasters. So oh, think- that's what's wrong. We drink it out of the wrong glass. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we pour it in a wine glass, it's something transformed the taste. Well, I, I'm going to have the rest of this. Because you guys... Does the high does the high end finally come out, or, or what's the deal? Well, I I enjoyed it. It has like the aroma is is reminiscent of pulque from Tlatelango, Puebla. What is that pulque? pulque? It's I so... know what pulque is. It I is it is you're, that you're, is that you're a liar. Is that Spanish no, for throw up? I said the smell. <laughs> the smell. That's the, the smell does not smell like pulque. Yes. It what does. is bu- it pulque? Not. It, pulque is not. Not really something that I actually like. It's something I'm not. I can't even explain it. I just know that people is it drink something it. to eat, something to drink. Oh, something to drink. Okay, it gets you drunk. But um, I'm I'm not sure what the process is. But I knew that I knew the smell of it because there was a pulqueria across the street 
from where my okay. grandma lived. Hold up. I might have to backtrack. Okay. Pulque to you is a beer. No, or it's not a beer. something to drink. Yeah, something to drink. Oh, is pulque something different in your country? Yes. Oh, pulque, see? Pulque is a food. Oh, oh I see. Oh. When you said pulque, I was just like... you like, food. bish? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have words, bish. We're going to have words. <laughs> okay, okay. No, oh, no, no. Pulque is Spanish a... once again. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, they brewery Tiro has a beer called Chupacabra Quinceanera. Oh, we oh got to do that. Yeah, it Ooh. is. I don't know what kind of. It's on the front. It says Lupulo Escalofrío, Friante and Tropical. Tropical. Uh huh. And it says 100% Breton Bretano mice, which is what some of this had in it too. But it's a very pretty bottle. I'm trying to figure out which is the the brewery um beer that i've had before that i enjoy but i cannot find it well the but brewery in itself they're really well known for their beers and mm-hmm. um there's a lot of great great um i remember tasting one that had i think uh, uh dark berries in it is delicious um but there's a tasting room at 1174 north grove street in anaheim california um, so, uh, they also have tasters, like little chubby tasters for like two bucks. Um, so I, I, they've told- Can you get a chubby taster for two bucks in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, to- I totally set myself up for that one. <laughs> oh man. Jesus. Well, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> in any case, um, uh, they're very well known for like their myriad of wonderful beers. And I thought, uh, because, uh, lies. <laughs> well, just because of this one, it doesn't mean that they're all, I mean, this is no, just one yeah. style of lies. I do remember that there is a brewer, uh, beer from brewery that I enjoy, but I can't find it on the website. So maybe it was they like a some, seasonal. They have some great chocolate stouts too, I believe. Anyway, <laughs> they have a myriad of, of flavors, but, um, um, I chose the brewery because I wanted to kind of keep our, our beer tasting local, just mm, in case mm-hmm. anybody wants to go, t- um, find these beers. Well, um, well, but we're on iTunes and Potomatic, so people <laughs> all over the world are listening. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, we do have, we're opening my mouth. Right? <laughs> Definitely not at the club, <laughs> But, but because we do 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 beer reviews She's on this podcast, <laughs> I thought we'd try a, a different type of beer. So I you guys appreciate that, <laughs> yes, actually. I do appreciate the fact that you brought something different because we have been doing a lot of yeah. uh, barrel-aged stouts yeah. and yes. stuff like mm-hmm. that and IPAs. I actually had a beer that I was going to bring from a local brewery. Um, the Strand, which is a brewery across Ooh. from where I am, yeah, has yeah. a um, a seasonal called uh, Little Bear... IPA and it's really good. Mm. It's really, really good. And so, um, and I have some cans at home and I was going to bring one in this morning and I rushed out and I forgot it and I didn't have time to stop back by before I came. So that's what we're drinking next podcast. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd, uh, open us up to different stuff because I know for a while we were doing a bunch of monkish mm-hmm. and then we, we got stuck in the, um, kind of like barrel age stuff, mm-hmm. which I love, yeah. but we, you know, we want to open it up for, a variety of things. So this just didn't fly with you guys. So we're ready to rate it. By the way, yes, audience, 
I they just gave me all their beer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the little the little chubby tasters <laughs> st- st- standing in front of her. <laughs> At attention. <laughs> oh man, you said uh, yeah. Now, now that I think about it, I think uh, uh, chubby tasters, and I think of a of a, a sweaty, hairy, chubby guy with with the with the chubster. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we're ready to rate, guys. Yes. So this is Kristen, and um, our rating scale goes from flaccid to rigid, and then Super Saiyan on the very top. If it is something amazingly spectacular, and I have to say, I don't know, like. I'm not even flaccid. Like my rating is full on vagina. <laughs> oh, so it, it, there it, is it not inver- even it, yeah, it inverted, yeah, it, it retreated. <laughs> oh, so it's sort of okay. So there was one guy that I dated for a bit, um, and he was doing. I feel like I need to stop this right now. <laughs> and he had and he had oh like a, um, a meth addiction. Oh. oh, so whenever he did it, his his penis would kind of retreat. Interesting. Into yeah, I wouldn't think about that with meth because meth is like gives you like all this energy or whatever, and I would think the opposite. So that's very interesting. Well, I think I mean, after you do it for a while, I think at the initial oh, it really done, affects your yeah, biology. Yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. So he would he would be like, look at this, and it would be like, it could. Oh you my could, gosh. <laughs> And you could, you could like make a vagina. Oh my god! <laughs> like it would just, you know, like crypto chido. Just say no, kids. <laughs> if there was any story that you've ever heard to steer you away from drugs, that was it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that uh, yeah, I could see, I could see why you're rating that. So Jen, now what, what is your rating? Now you see, for me. Vagina would be above Super Saiyan, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? Well, I just meant like something lower than flaccid, like th- was the complete absence of a penis. So that was vagina. <laughs> it's like shrinkage. Oh, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's oh my god. This is uh, this is definitely a flaccid for me. Yeah. It's not. I can't even say anything positive. I think my description of it being the throw up of alcohol after my twenty second <laughs> birthday is enough to cover it. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Sarah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, this is Sarah, and I enjoyed it. I, I really did. Uh, from the initial smell of the tardiness and the the hint of pulque from Tlatelango, Puebla, in Mexico, um, and to the um, certain explosion of tart. Around my tongue, and then a hint of berries of some sort. But yes, I am disappointed that it's only a four point four. Yeah, because I drink beer to get at least a buzz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I like if it's a, a pilsner or a lager four point four with lots of flavor. I mean, admittedly, this has a f ton of flavor. Like it's full of flavor. It's just not. F- it's like not no. flavor that I want in my mouth. But, um, in or around your I mouth. feel like, I feel like this was like super painful and to have to go through that pain and still not get a buzz off of it, it was just not for me. Um, uh, well, for me, my rating, I think I'm going to go partial only because yes, uh, it is a 4.4 mm-hmm. and that's kind of disappointing. The flavor, it's, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. I like tartiness, but it's not something, it's something that it, this is something that I would bring to a beer share. 
like when I'm sharing beer oh, with uh-huh. other people, <laughs> and we open <laughs> Me this too. bottle. Me too. Take this, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> and we open this beer, and we each have a taster amount. Yeah, and and then nobody admits that they're the one that brought it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I would not. I would not drink a whole bottle of this on its own. Yeah. Let alone two in a row. Mm-hmm. This is oh no way. Uh-oh. This is definitely oh, no. a taster beer. Although I, I mean, there are people out there, and I'm sure some of you listeners love tart beers. Sours um, are a huge thing in the uh, craft brew industry. Um, so I know that there's people out there that like, I know there's a market for them. It's just not me. So um, definitely don't take, uh, if you are def- partial to sours and tarts and you know that you like it, do not take my rating um, uh, with any kind of <laughs> uh, credibility because you probably will like it. Same. All right. Well, that was our beer review, guys. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, today we have um, actually something that we picked up at Latino Comics Expo. Um, and that was, geez, that was already been some time. So we're a, a little year. bit behind. Yeah. No, it was in November. Oh, so oh that's right. You're right. Six months or so. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Did we pick this up at Latino Comics Expo? We yeah. met. Her, uh-huh. you know, and you bought. I bought. I bought a whole bunch for the sh- the store. You did it for a free comic book day. Huh? Yeah, that's. Oh, but I yeah, met yeah, her yeah. at Latino Comics oh, Expo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had those books that whole time. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 because they were in my box of stuff that I got oh, at Latino <laughs> Comics Expo. <laughs> So, the fact that I knew she was coming, I had to dig them out and put them on the wall. Sorry, Melina. (laughs) True. But, thanks a lot, Jen. (laughs) Um, But, so, yes, we picked it up at uh, Latino Comics Expo, but um, the creator... Well, one of the creators, the writer, Melina Chavaria, she was also at East LA Cape this year. Um, and uh, I also had the pleasure of having Melina on the panel that I moderated, Latina Power. Oh, she's mm, great. At, she's great. At uh, Latino Comics Expo as well. So, And she was our guest at our booth yes. at Free Comic Book Day. I had to go yes. Comic Con this last May 5th. Yes. So she was awesome. The book that we are reviewing so is mm-hmm. uh, The Magic Glasses, <clears throat> written by Melina Chavaria and art by Jean Munson. So um, on the back of the book, and it's a self-published book. Did she do a Kickstarter? I don't remember if she did or she didn't. But on the back of the book uh, is a little description. It says, The Magic Glasses is about a young Latina growing up in a world obsessed with social media and public opinion. Heidi just graduated high school and is uncertain about what she wants to do with her life. She spends most of her time playing video games all day and partying with friends all night. Her mom is doing the best she can to instill Christian values, but Heidi questions God's existence. Brace yourself as Heidi begins the adventure towards finding the magic glasses. Mm, can I start? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, I met um I met Melina at uh, at our booth. Uh-huh. Um that was the first time I met her and she's just um she's just a really elegant woman and and her conversations was just like 
amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, and when she described the book to somebody else that came to the table, Mm -hmm. I was like, why haven't I read this? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I read this comic book and I got to say, I hated, hated Aide, Heidi. Mm -hmm. And, but ask me why, ask me why. Why, Um, Sarah, why did you hate her? I hated her because she reminded me of me. (laughs) Back uh, in my twenties, uh, I, I also had the same conversations with my mom and I also only wanted to party and I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, play comic, uh, play, uh, video games, but I did go out a lot and I just wanted to have fun and I didn't feel that I needed to figure out what I wanted to do with my life because I felt I was still young, but I didn't take under account that my mom had me when she was 18. So Mm -hmm. she had to do a lot of growing up a lot sooner than I did. Yeah. So, um, this is why I felt so strongly against this character was because it was a direct reflection of what I was. And I, and thinking about it, I'm thinking, man, I don't, I don't know why I even had friends because, ugh, I sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, ugh, I would hate me if I met me, you know, um, at that age. So, um, it, it, it to me, it felt really, um, uh, kind of like a mirror, like a reflection mm-hmm. of myself and the, uh, exactly the same thing. Like my parents would be like, maybe you should go to, you know, to church and stuff. And I'm like, but why? I'm so goth. I don't need, I'm going to combust into flames or something. You know, like, <laughs> it was just awful. Like I was such an awful, uh, way of thinking and I was just stuck in my own world. And, um, but I really love, um, the development of the story in this in this book mm-hmm. because even though we don't really get to see what the glasses do yet yeah um i really love how it closed this first issue with the relationship she um with the interaction she had with jesus mm-hmm. i thought that was awesome mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for me i love this book and i can't wait to read the rest of the story this is Kristen. i Definitely think what you're saying is very valid in that I think we've all been Heidi, uh, growing up and having interactions with our parents and questioning, um, the values that our parents have and how they fit into who we are, um, f- who obviously are from a completely different, um, <clears throat> generation. And in some cases, especially with Latino families, um, sometimes from a completely different culture in that, yes, you all share the same Latino culture, but there's a huge difference between Latino culture who grew up in the quote-unquote old country and the Latino culture that is trying to assimilate here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this book really did a good job of, um, touching upon a lot of the realities of what it's like to be a young 20 something trying to find her place in life. And it really reminded me actually of Molly, Molly, the cat sitter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, which was similar, um, story ideas, uh, and that we also really enjoyed because we, really identified with it. So, um, I don't have similar experiences like what you're saying. And I know Jen is going to share too. Um, as far as, uh, religion and that, although I remember my mother trying to force me to go to church and was mad at me because I had friends who were Christian and we were Catholic and I wanted to go to youth group. And she's like, no, we're Catholic. You don't, you don't go to a Christian youth group. You go to Catholic youth group. I'm like, 
listen, lady, I don't care about the actual religion part of it. I just want to go hang out with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I remember that being a big point of contention that she didn't want to let me go because um, it wasn't Catholic. So, um, but yes, I also really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed, um, the, the, I guess the, uh, voyage that we are going on. It Mm. was, I was really upset that it ended and that we didn't see more. Um, I want to know, like it's called magic glasses, but you don't really get much of what that means in this first issue, like how important that is or why it's called magic glasses. So. Yeah, and I actually would love, uh, now that I have read this book, I, uh, I would really like the chance to speak to her and ask her where she got most of the inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most of the time while I was reading it, like every little kind of sentence or, or uh, what is it, a dialogue bubble that mm-hmm. I, they would talk, it was like, oh, I want to smack her. Like, that's how I felt. Not me. I totally, <laughs> want, I totally wanted to smack her. I'm like, ¿cómo te atreves a hablarle a tu madre así? Um, I, I I didn't feel like that. I, because I worked with teens that that was my job. Like it was, it felt super realistic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super, super realistic. And I could empathize with, um, her knowing that she's going through all this inner turmoil. She's trying to figure out where she belongs in life and also where she belongs within her family. It seems like, and, uh, how to, how to, I guess, kind of bridge those things to do something that she enjoys and that she's going to continue to enjoy, um, as she grows older and starts adulting more. (laughs) And I can understand, um, Maybe a mother reading this and like really empathizing with, um, the mom character. But maybe I would hope that if a mom read this might actually also start to empathize with, uh, Heidi's character as well. Um, and just to, um, uh, point something out, she also published this in Spanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, if you were to share this with your mom who may have immigrated here from, you know, a Spanish-speaking country, this might be a great or book. Or had you young. Or had you young, mm-hmm. yeah. Might be a great book for her to read with mm-hmm. you yeah. and talk about it. So, Jen, what were your thoughts? Uh, this book did its number one job of dragging me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was right? just like, God dang, uh. like, this is a drag. This is a call-out. This book is a call-out to me. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I really liked the little details in the back from the Oh, yes. The Chin Lili plush, the, um, uh, the, the little suit balls from, oh god, from Spirited Away, the Nintendo stuff, Pokemon, uh, Super Mario. I thought that was really cute. Um, um, I really did enjoy it, and there were, there was moments where I felt a little bit of frustration with the main character, as you did, Sarah, but also, like, having dealt with my, sister who's at that stage she's gonna be 17 this year Mm. and just her attitude and everything and just reflecting back on how i was i was just like i i understand her and i was sympathetic with her as well because it's 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 frustrating being at that age and not knowing what you're gonna do i'm older and i still don't know what i'm gonna do so i was just like i was just like too real um uh, right yeah but it's um uh i 
I very much enjoyed it. Um, it was a quick read. I do like the fact that it's very easy to follow because we have read some books where it's kind of hard to tell where the paneling goes. Yeah. This, yeah. One, this one does a really good job of it. Um, there are moments, though, where the text box switches, and for a moment I got confused, like, as to, who, like, who was talking and who wasn't, uh, or, like, whether it was, it was a thought bubble, or if it was them, uh, oh, uh-huh. asked, or if it was speech. Uh-huh. So, that was, like, it changes from white to black to blue and i'm just like "Mm." yeah that's yeah for a moment like i had i would have to read it and just be like is this is this a thought bubble or is she talking um the artwork itself is really cute but it's a bit there seems to be uh a problem with proportion like at one point she's as tall as the fridge and I mean, there are fridges that are about as tall as people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but that's just like an artwork thing. And people have different art styles and stuff like that. And sometimes it's not their cup of tea. Sometimes it is. Uh, I really like the coloring though. Yeah. The pastels is really, really nice. It's super, it's like, it's, it makes it, it makes it soft. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I've mentioned it before in the podcast before that I don't, I don't like the current monochrome style going on with a lot of uh, books and TV shows and movies where there's just there's no color saturation at all. Uh, so it's like a like a blue filter or some shit. Uh, like it, they it all looks gray. Okay, Man of Steel. I all every Batman book since Nolan took over uh, and then left. Um, <laughs> basically, all of DC's lineup. <laughs> it's all what like like gray basically so i i always appreciate a very colorful comic Mm -hmm. but uh i the story is super relatable i think to either parents who could be reading it or to young uh young women or or just women in general who are just like hey i've been through this or i've done this or i've known someone like this it's uh i like that that's super cool yeah, definitely. I felt like uh, it could be all ages, but I think there's a couple of swear words, which I, if I had a kid, I would not mind them reading this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, you know, that could be just like a little sprinkle of bad language. But as far as uh, the content goes, I think it's really relevant for actually preteens to teens to actually read it as well. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> are we ready to review this book? Oh, uh, rate. I'm sorry. Rate this book. This book. Well, we <laughs> uh, buke, but... buke. Mm-hmm. I swear I speak English. <laughs> um, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna give it uh, tres conchas. I really, really like it. I. Uh, it's only three because I don't know what's gonna happen with the glasses yet. Yeah. I still don't know anything about the glasses yeah. except she has them in her possession now. Uh, so it's only tres conchas. Um, I definitely would want to follow up with the story and see what's going on and what happens and what kind of adventures or misadventures uh, arise from this. So this is Kristen. I just wanted to, before I, I rated the book, um, in the back of Magic Glasses, there is um, a little bit about the two creators, Melina and Jean. And it says, it talks about how they met and... Um, how it's been really magical that they both share the same vision. But um, some information that I thought is really 
cool and interesting that they shared was that it says we are both daughters of immigrants and we both know what it's like to grow up with what some may consider nothing and essentially make magic with it. We created the magic glasses so that we can share our story with young women all over. We would like to reach as many young women as possible, especially in underserved communities. We hope our story will build and encourage confidence in these young women and help inspire them to pursue and achieve their goals. And I really love that. Um, reading that and knowing that that is kind of the motivation behind um, Magic Glasses. And I've spoken to Melina uh, about what her vision is and what she wants to do. She is from Los Angeles area. She's from the Watts area. And she actually is really interested in um, opening a comic book shop or something of uh, that sort in Watts because there's nothing there like that. And she and I have had conversations about um, access and how important that is in the comic book uh, industry to uh, uh, communities of underserved populations. So um, I really want to highlight that, um, that sh- she and Jean are super, super um, motivated to, like she says, just get this out to as many um, young girls and, and um, uh, members of underserved communities as they can. And so hopefully uh, people will hear our podcast and want to read the book for themselves. And I also give Magic Glasses uh, three conchas. I really enjoyed the story. I really uh, liked, I really thought that it was super, super realistic. Um, I could definitely see girls that I've worked with in the past saying these things. I know in my own relationship with my mom, um, I would say things like, why is she always nagging me? She wants me to do this. She wants me to do that. And why can't she just leave me alone? Uh, so uh, I really, I would highly recommend it uh, as well. And I think I agree with you, Sarah, that if um, it could be all ages, um, but definitely there, it, it kind of, I would say more preteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, preteen. Preteen, yeah. I would say 12 comics, and up. Comics fall under that category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm stuck in between two or three conchas. Uh-huh. Um, mostly because I I have an idea of what the magic glasses are. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not something... It's just briefly mentioned towards the end. Yeah. And that bugs me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the story. I very much do. And I like the coloring. And the artwork is pretty cute. But it's that that kind of bugs me. And I think I'm going to go with two conchas uh, for right now. But I do recommend the book. It's, yeah. it's, it's really cute. And I want to see where... Uh, where it goes, where Heidi goes, what the, what resolution she finds, if she finds a resolution, mm-hmm. because that's what I, I find compelling about stories like this, is that they're kind of, uh, there's no definite answer yeah. kind of thing. And um, um, and every, and if there is an de- answer, it only, it might be an answer to you, but it might be an answer for somebody else right, kind yeah. of thing. So um, I, I'm curious as to what is in store for Heidi, what what resolution she comes to but for right now i'm going to give it two conchas okay and i want to just point out that in on our panels a lot of times we talk about how uh creators write latino characters but don't really add any latino culture or any kind of storyline that is specifically uh latino or could be recognized by a latino uh, latinx reader and um i i would say like uh, 
there's so many different things in this storyline that as Latinos, we can read it and identify a hundred percent with, I mean, just the, the struggle with religion and where that, where that falls. And, you know, I think, I I don't know, um, about you and, uh, for you two, but I know that I grew up in a household, but not my mother, but my grandmother said the rosary every single day and had a book of prayers that she read every single day. And mm-hmm. when I spent the night, we would, I would have to, I would, you know, sleep next to her and I would have to go through it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it, but I would listen to her and stuff. And so that was a big presence in my life and, uh, as a, as a young girl. And so, um, I really just highly, highly, highly um, recommend that if you are looking for books that um, not only have Latino characters, but also there's more of the the culture and and stuff that are involved in the storyline. That this that Magic Glasses definitely hits that criteria. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> like uh, like her room has to be the most the one that has most detail in it. Because from her background, the clothes thrown everywhere, the little nerd culture. But when she's walking down the stairs, there's a cross. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of her in her graduation yeah. outfit. And I was mm-hmm. just like, my God, this is what I look at my living room. Because <laughs> like, that's literally what our living room is. is just a bunch of crosses and a bunch of graduation photos. Yeah. And some flowers here and there. <laughs> like, oh, like, that's literally how our living room looks. And I thought that was, that was really cool. And the characters... You're, you're not just told are, uh, Latino, but they are all some varying shade of brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause I, I know that, uh, in, in some books, even though they have a Latino name or you're told in some of the dialogue, you were hard pressed to actually look at them and see any kind of, uh, of Latino feature. Mm-hmm. And this one, what I really love is her mom's hair. That's the bun. That was my grandmother's hair. That's my mom's hair. Oh my gosh, that was my grandmother's hair. Um, the entire, my entire childhood until she got a little bit older and couldn't take care of it anymore and would, and cut it all off. But she, I would sit there in the bedroom and watch my grandmother put her ha- hair in a bun every single day. Mm-hmm. That's what my, my mom's hair is so long, but every day, yeah, mm-hmm. every day she brushes it out. Does she put hers in a hairnet? No, she doesn't. My grandmother wears an hairnet. No, sometimes she braids it, sometimes she doesn't. Oh, okay. She sleeps better when she braids it, but um, it's a lot of effort to braid all that hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but, um, it also makes it easier to comb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's, uh, the, the hair bun. The hair mm-hmm. bun is, uh, I, I appreciated those little details. Yes. I meant to ask, um, is there a minimum for an issue of pages? Like, an issue has to have a minimum of what twenty five pages, or is there like a? Do you guys know a minimum or a maximum? Um, I don't know if there's uh like specific maximum minimum. I know industry standard is about twenty four, twenty six. I think. Okay, no, I just mm-hmm. I was just wondering. Yeah, it all depends. I mean, after a certain point, you're gonna need something more than staples. <laughs> like mining and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could, and you could, and you just could call it. That's a single issue right there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it'll look like a book, but you can call it a single issue. It just depends. 
But yeah, like the industry standard Marvel DC image stuff, it's anywhere, I think, uh, not 20, but like 30 to 40 or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because 80 pages is considered a lot. It's like, that's a that's an annual. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I was just wondering, because I was thinking, you know, how much uh, further she could have taken the story before uh, she cut us off. Gotcha. <laughs> well, she is self-published. She could do whatever she wanted. Yeah, <laughs> do what she wants. yeah totally. Cut it off right in the middle, man. Who cares? <laughs> Your story is how you want to tell it. Exactly. All right, guys. We are not only reviewing the Magic Glasses. What else are we reviewing, guys? So, today... We are, uh, re- our second books, uh, that we're reviewing actually are part of our Juntos y Fuertes, um, segment of the show. And this is, these are books that, Sarah, you picked up where? At the, the oh. Asian Comics Expo? Yeah, talk about a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> this was like two years ago? Uh, maybe at the beginning when we first were thinking about about a year ago. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I think it was a bit over a year ago. Yeah, it, uh, it was the Asian Comics Expo, uh, Asian Comic Con, uh, that was uh, taking place at the Asian American Museum in um, L.A. And I met the artist, and I'm not. I'm sorry, not the artist, the creator and writer of Raven Choi, uh, which is this book. I, I picked up the first issue there, um, and then. We saw her, and then I said, oh, we should review it. I picked it up, like, years and years, <laughs> eons ago. Um, um, it's it's written by Shakita L. Smith, and uh, I, I wanted to pick up the rest of them, but I didn't, I didn't really fully pursue where to find her, and it just so happened that she was at Comic-Con Revolution, so we were able to pick up uh, issue two and three, which are the only issues available right now. But she did uh, get a chance to show us that uh, she wants to make this into a movie. Mm-hmm. So there is a, um, a trailer of the movie on on YouTube that yeah. we will post like on our page. It's film. a little short. It's fourteen minute short film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, we were able to see it. Was it fourteen minutes? It just felt like a trailer. No, to me. what we saw was a trailer, but okay. she has like a fourteen minute. Short yeah. Film okay. I yeah. see. Okay. I have to look at that because I we just saw the trailer while we were there. She streamed it for us. Um, the cool thing about her is, uh, I, she went on to explain that she self-published her book. Uh, she wrote it. Um, and she doesn't, uh, she has never met the artist or mm-hmm. the letter. She, the colorist, the artist and the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she, she actually outsources them. I think, uh, the artist is from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and she was also uh, at a panel that she was uh, moderating called How to Make a Comic on a Shoestring Budget. Yeah. So I thought it was really ingenious of her. She actually has um, T-shirts and jewelry that are worn throughout the mm-hmm. comic book. Uh, so I thought that was really good, how she kind of um, hit all her points. Yeah. So... Shakita is actually a, uh, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to uh, independent publishers. She is the CEO of Shiro Comics. And um, you can find information about Shiro Comics at shirocomics.com. And on their About Us uh, page, 
It says, for decades in the world of film and comics, the female voice has gone missing, silenced even. Women have been replaced to being the sidekick, the girlfriend, the afterthought. Growing tired of being ignored, growing tired of countless panel discussions, growing tired of waiting. For inclusion, we've created our own universe, the universe of the Shiro. In this universe, the woman is Alpha. In this universe, the woman is Omega. In this universe, the woman is Almighty. Men are welcomed into our universe with open arms and often play a major Major role in our narratives. However, it is our goal to explore, acknowledge, and provide intriguing stories from the female perspective featuring female protagonists. We seek to set forth a movement that will help fill the void that has failed women in film and comics for far too long. So whether you're a male, female, or somewhere in between, we encourage you to cross over into the Shiro universe, a not-so-fire place where pink is power. Uh, so that's why we're sharing uh, this information in the Juntos y Fuertes segment of the show because Shiro Comics uh, is definitely um, run by uh, a black woman who saw a need and is out there filling it in the comic book industry. And we definitely think that um, she could um, take all the support she could get. Absolutely. Um, and uh, meeting her, she's... Uh She's a another like um you can see the um She's uh, very impassioned about Right, what she exactly. Does, and I love it. Yeah. She's she like you said, she saw a need for something and she's out there doing it mm-hmm. and filling in that void yeah. with her own works. And I think that's admirable. She's she's really, really cool. And she the Raven Choi she has book one translated in Korean. And she's working on it getting translated into Spanish, Spanish as yes. well. She's uh, she's super cool, and I loved all her shirts too. They're really yeah, cool. yeah. I, I wanted the um the was it Pussy Kills or yes. Pussy Zach, but they she didn't Pussy have my kills. size. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you you wanted the uh, bougie nerd? Bougie nerd, yeah. Bougie nerd, yeah. yeah. I, I totally could see you in a bougie nerd. <laughs> I, I want that. I, I didn't dress like this. Yeah, she has a, a a lot of clever ideas. I think uh, just mm-hmm. just to see her little puns on the T-shirt, I was like amazed. And then the uh, main character Raven Choi, she wears a necklace with the little raven as a pendant, and she actually has those available for sale as well. Oh, I didn't even notice that in the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I'm Kristen, the one who never looks at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, the story itself, it's, it's really great. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it kind of opens up uh, kind of in a, in a scenario where, um, she is, um, in, in kind of a combat gear. Um, and, she, and then it kind of breaks off into her being in therapy. Um, and the, the thing is, is that, uh, this character, uh, Raven, her parents were killed basically in front of her. Um, so th- she has to deal with that trauma. And um, there's kind of some kind of secret um, espionage kind of going on where um, there is a tape that people are looking for um, and that has the um, identity of a mole in um, the U.S. government um, that is making plans with Korea. And they were trying to get this information and they ended up killing like everybody on the train except for this little girl with their little teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And that's who Raven is. She actually uh, was taken to live with her grandmother. Um, but um, because this was so dangerous and, and, of course, it was a professional hit. So they 
were in fear that they would actually get to her here in the States. So they sent her to um, her best, uh, her father's best friend in Korea. So um, unfortunately, they were thinking that the grandmother would join them, but she she was. Okay, quick, give me all the spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, she's just going page by page telling you the whole story. But anyways, I think she gets adopted because she ended up get, getting their last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so she lives most, of, she grows up in Korea. Yeah. So, um, I love spy stories. I love like, uh, double agent stories. I like James Bond and all that kinds of stuff. So this, um, this storyline really intrigued me as far as like there is a mystery there we don't know um who is going after who we don't know who the mole is we don't know um you know what's going to happen who's involved because there are a couple of times in here where you think that uh somebody is trying to be helpful and it turns out that they're not so um as I was, uh, as we were coming over, I was telling Jen that, um, the story definitely falls right into, um, lot of, uh, overly used and played tropes, uh, in movie, in TV, in comics. Um, but, you know, some of those are overly played and and used because they work Uh, and like i said i enjoy spy films i enjoy all that stuff so um i'm definitely invested and i want to know what happens but um i also felt like um the book was very um uh like formulaic in that you kind of see what's coming there was not really any surprises um and i i was for a spy book or for um espionage book i would like more surprise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like the little things mm-hmm. um like uh the relationship with her adoptive parents mm-hmm. um like when she's on the bus or train and there's this little korean kid who grabs her skin and and rubs it and oh, says yeah. mom it's not coming off yeah like, cause, you know, it's yeah. unusual. Um, I, I like the little kind of relationship that we see with her and her dad. The very little bit that we do see. Um, the pace, I love the pace of the storytelling for sure. Cause mm-hmm. I just finished reading another one that they were trying to pack too much into it. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm already dizzy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like I highlighted areas to try to differentiate uh, the dialogue and it just wasn't working for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I because, uh, because I read this first, I was like, Oh, the pace is too kind of slow. Mm-hmm. But then I read that one and I was like, no, I think I appreciate this more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like that. So the, relationship that you say that you enjoy was one of the things that I was like I couldn't buy into it I couldn't all they just said was like go to live with these people and he's your dad's friend or whatever and like we didn't get any really background and when she was actually living there I didn't see anything that made me buy into the fact that other than the fact that maybe she had nowhere else to go but um I just I felt a disconnect with with her relationship with her adopted family, and I I wanted to maybe see or um, have something shown to me that made me buy into why she was there. So 
Um, and I, I know that it was not why she's there because we knew she's there because it was not safe for her to be at home. But, um, I don't know. I just felt, and maybe it was supposed to be that way, um, which, which would be her motivation to want to come back. Um, and because this, at the end of the day too, this is kind of like a, a vengeance story. Um, and so, uh, Maybe that um, was playing into that as like, you know, I I never really belonged here and I want to go back to to find myself or to find answers, which is what she says multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy a good espionage um, uh, comic movie film. It definitely, uh, reading it, uh, and then I remember she saying that it, this was originally a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me like, yeah, it reads. It's like you're reading a movie. That makes sense, actually. Mm-hmm. That makes sense of the whole. Like I was saying, I told Jen it felt very formulaic, and mm-hmm. that makes sense that if it started out as a screenplay, mm-hmm. that it, it definitely follows those like you know, uh, formula acts that. Ha- I mean, those happen in comics too, but it like that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So it it um uh, it reads like a movie, whereas uh. As opposed, whereas Watchmen, uh, the Watchmen, the Watchmen movie itself had the thing where it was just like, dude, you just literally copied the comic yeah. book onto, onto <laughs> the, <laughs> onto the big screen. Right. This is more. I feel like I would, because uh, I, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed it mm-hmm. a lot. But I feel like yeah, this is definitely a screenplay. Mm-hmm. This is something that it would be uh, a lot better if I could see it in motion. Mm-hmm. And when she showed us that trailer. Uh, for it, I forgot to go back and watch the 14 minute short film. Uh, it looked amazing. Yeah, actually. Great. I uh, was like, when I saw that there was a 14 minute, I was like, oh my gosh, I would be interested in seeing that because I Mm -hmm. feel like I wanted more action. I don't know, I don't know what it is that I'm. That's actually true. Yeah. And that one, that's actually what I was going to mention right now, um, that you just touched on. You said, um, I wish there was a bit more action. Yeah. And yes, that was one thing that I wanted to touch upon is um, the actual kind of combat uh, panels. Um, I felt like I needed a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she that they're trying to tell us that she is a um, um, she's kind of a master of her of 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 her fighting style. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing it translated in the images. Like and what I, I found yeah. interesting about that, too, which was a. a character development um was that we were shown and told that yeah she's very good at this so much so that she can actually teach it but then her her adopted brother says but you hate doing that so that was actually really interesting to me and i wanted to kind of maybe i i would like for that to actually be a little bit more um resolved because right now all I know about her is that, you know, her, yeah, her parents are killed and she wants answers, but we've skipped all this other stuff and there's little things here and there that are kind of hitting upon character, um, traits and personality traits, but we don't get a lot of explanation. Mm-hmm. And that's all well in the, and then in a the movie, 
Because in the movie, like, sometimes you barely get a hint of something, but it's always, it's constant motion. It's constant mm-hmm. motion. And I think this is more of, like, an artwork thing, whereas, because I'm kind of thinking of Sheriff of Babylon right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. that we didn't get, like, the story was pretty good, but we didn't get a lot of backstory yeah. for some stuff. But the portrayal of movement was incredible in that comic. It's mm-hmm. really good. And I think we might, the that would be really cool in this comic if we had more of a and again it's the the thing about art styles and stuff Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. because uh whereas you said that you the fighting style you didn't quite uh get a lot of movement i got a lot of good movement from it because to me it looked a bit like uh i don't know if you guys have ever seen like instruction manuals for oh yeah yeah, yeah, stuff like that that's what it is so in my head i could see that movement Mm -hmm. and so it was a little bit about um um like kind of following it and what you're familiar with reading so i kind of really like how um uh, the artist drew her when she was like fighting because Mm -hmm. i could see that movie i could i i knew what she was trying to do and i thought that was really really cool yeah um um but it's uh on it's definitely a it's I think it's a well-written. It's a well-written one. It's it's super good and it's super interesting. Maybe a little heavy on the trope, trope side, but you can't you can't make comics. You can't do anything <laughs> without hitting without, a trope. Yeah, without, without hitting a trope. It's just about how you deliver. It. Yeah, and I, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I also like uh, the different personalities of each character. Oh yeah, they're just, they're, they're they're a bit pronounced, but I like that they all have their own like. In my head, they all had their own way of speaking, mm-hmm. like from her best friend to that bounty hunter guy mm-hmm. to that other guy who owns the agency mm-hmm. uh, to that guy who um, was in charge of uh, the missions and stuff. So I, I really like that. Speaking of how you said that everyone has their own way of speaking, Jen, as she was reading it, said that she realized that um, of the Korean characters all the men's dialogue was written in perfect English, but the women's was broken. Yeah, the women was broken English, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I found that super I, interesting. I, I have to admit that I, I did find that a bit um, uh, annoying. I kind of want to talk to her and ask, like, what was the thought process behind that? Mm-hmm. And I, I I would really love to hear it. Uh, but it just for me, it's always been a bit of uh, a bit annoying, uh, broken trying to read broken english and i know it's a way of communicating how someone talks Mm -hmm. and uh and that's that's like a really cool thing because everybody talks differently um in the comic as well and kind of assigning them roles as well as um uh, like voices and stuff like that but i i have to admit that that was that was a bit annoying and, um, and the the reason the reason why I liked it so much was because I just came from reading another book, who ev- all everybody's dialogue bubble just kind of blended with each other. So that's oh, probably why okay. I'm like this is better. <laughs> yeah, true. Because when everybody speaks like again, it's the problem of like too much. What's the perfect balance kind mm-hmm, of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the sorry to cut you off, but for me, what I was saying is that. When I saw the broken English, what it conveyed to me was, um, like, like, the, 
all the stereotypes that you see Asian characters in TV being portrayed and you mm-hmm. see them as I mean the the stereotype or the the fetishized uh uh docile Asian woman who doesn't speak English and because she doesn't speak English um, and you see this for a lot of other um, cultures too who don't speak English just because they don't speak English people automatically assume that they're not intelligent Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I was working with um, with immigrant uh, women at the uh, at a shelter uh, service that there was a woman who she was a freaking doctor, but because she couldn't speak English was forced to take, uh, and because her, her doctor, her P, her, um, certificate or whatever didn't transfer over from her country. She was forced to be a, um, a maid at a hotel. Oh, wow. And to, to talk to her, she was so intelligent and she would, t- she would tell me it is so hard for me to be trying to communicate with people and to see the look in their face of just them thinking that I am not intelligent because I don't speak their language Mm -hmm. and them not even knowing or even caring that I, you know, have all these, you know, degrees behind my name. Um, but all they see is a housemaid who speaks Mm -hmm. Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, there was just some of like, and it could just be my own personal biases uh, of when I see that is that I just felt it made me think of like that, that they were writing that character, that that character was written like less intelligently, I guess. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I went, you said something and I thought it was really interesting. So I just wrote it down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, but, um, yeah. So I, I, this is Sarah. I read the first issue long before I started to reach, read the other two, but I read them after the first, the last two I read after I saw, I read the other comic book that I keep complaining about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so there was a lot of variant, uh, shifts in the way I was reading it because of the other comic book. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing. No, I mean, reading like some other comics and then comparing it with others, like that's like, everybody has their own ideas, but also like it's, a matter of storytelling and how it is that you do it. This one was very, very clear. And again, like with magic classes and how uh, how their paneling was done, how the dialogue was done in this one was very clear as to who was speaking, where the storyline is going. And I'm, I admit, by the time I read the third book, I I had figured out who the mole was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, had a, I was just a, like, um, like, yeah, I, like I can tell where the story is going, but I can appreciate that, mm-hmm. right? As whereas to oppose, right. as opposed to something like very convoluted, like sometimes how Jonathan Hickman's books can be. Like I'm just like, oh my god, dude, get to the point, <laughs> get to the point. What is it? Like there's, there's, there's a difference between like, uh, there's, it's, it's a matter of storytelling, and this, uh, this book. What I really appreciate about this book is that. Is the fact that yes, it's a, it's an espionage um, uh, storyline that we can predict. But what I really like about it is that all the culture that's injected into it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that I think that is is really really cool. And not only that, it's the fact, and I touched upon this in one of the panels that we spoke, is that it's nice to see yourself reflected in a story, and that's what this book does. Mm-hmm. It reflects uh, a really smart, intelligent, and vengeful black woman who wants, who's out there and who's trying to get vengeance back for her, the murder of her parents. And 
this is, and it's it's tropey, yes, but well, who are the characters that you usually associate with that? It's white men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's cool to see a black woman in this role yeah. as well. And that's why I really I really appreciate cuz uh the broken English uh Asian woman is I I admit very kind of problematic. Um, um and I would like to hear what she what was her thought process behind that, but I I I enjoy I enjoy the tropes. I I like a good espionage book and film. I was in, I was thinking since Raven went when she was a young girl, I just assuming that she would be able to speak Korean. Yeah. So I would have been so simple to just yeah have the com, uh, a full sentence with an asterisk that said translated from Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would have. Um, completely bypassed the whole stereotype uh, feeling that I got when I was reading. That is another thing, because, like, why are they speaking English? Yeah, she grew up there. She was very small. I would say she was no older than, like, seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because, like, when when I'm home, I speak Spanish. Right. And, Mm -hmm. like, I, uh, I hardly ever speak English with my mom, and even when I do... I mean, she's been living in the States for quite a while, and while she does have an accent, um, a very heavy accent, she can speak English pretty well. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. The sensation I got, and this is Sarah, is that um, everything is mostly in Korean, and we're just reading it in English, but her friend tries to speak English to her, for her to learn. So it's sort of like when sometimes Frank... So does it say that anywhere, no, that I, it's translated from Korean? No, I don't think it... Oh, I was no. wondering if I just missed it. No, no. no okay. It, um, no, you just... That's, that's what your my, assumption that's was. That's my assumption while gotcha. reading it. Okay. Um, and my, my assumption... Because see, then I, I went and created all these little things, backstories. So, so like... Oh, and that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as a writer, then let the reader know that that's what's happening. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it felt like uh, everybody was speaking in Korean mm. wh- while they were in the household mm-hmm. whereas when um, her friend came uh, would hang out with her um, they were speaking in English because maybe she's trying to practice her English mm-hmm. which is what happens with a lot of people when I'm like I'm trying to speak Spanish but they're trying to speak to me in English because they're practicing their English mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. sometimes happens with Frank and I'm like dude I speak Spanish <laughs> <laughs> but but it's true like some people they they try to speak in a language that they're learning yeah which yeah, is why true. I think that there's such a pronounced um, accent when the friend talks mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. oh it could be that when the mom is talking to her when she's in the garden this is kind of giving away some plot points <laughs> <laughs> is that Maybe she's speaking to her in the language she thinks she'll be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is a, like a matter of clarification. Too, yeah. Of, like, yeah. Where, when they were talking inside the house, where was it being translated from yeah. Korean or was it not? Yeah. Or because then, cause the then, feeling cause then it's an abrupt shift. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the feeling I got was everybody spoke perfect English except for the two women. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> and that felt really like stereotypical. Yeah. Like. Uh, I totally get that. And I think that's one of the challenges people are going to face when they're going to be trying to tell their own story. Or like you were saying, you want to see yourself in a comic book. Um, where in the magic glasses, there was very few, um, Spanish words too. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's a something that there is no formula for y- just yet, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a very this is a well I I felt well I felt completely okay with it mm-hmm. only because that's what I made up in my right head. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I I see that, guys. If you're gonna make a comic book, <laughs> that, that multi-language uh, comic book is gonna be a, a it's gonna be a challenge to portray that uh, while people are reading it. In your conversations with her, did she happen to mention why she chose to set the comic in Korea or to have Korean culture be a thing in? No, but I'm dying to know. Like, I want to ask her, but I don't want to be inappropriate. So. Okay. I didn't talk to her very long because, uh, when she, when I was walking by her table, I was on my way to something and I said, oh yeah, we have your book and whatever, whatever. And apparently I spoiled your surprise. (laughs) Every time, every time. (laughs) But, um, so I didn't have a chance to really talk to her and, um, I think there was at one point she was trying to sell me a shirt, but she didn't have the size I wanted. And so then I was like, oh, I'll be right back. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so these are all questions that um, maybe we can even just shoot her a quick email because we have her card here and it has her contact information. Exactly. But definitely this is a very passionate project for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. she has a diff, uh, like I said, she hits like so many points. It's like she's hitting you once, but she's doing one of those like like hits all over your body really fast like i guess what <laughs> trunks does yeah and you know i've combo. seen her at multiple conventions it's not the first convention i've seen her at so she is out there hustling and working and like we said she is um a black woman who is the ceo of her very own comic publishing company and that uh, in and of itself is amazing af oh yes absolutely um you know, like, it was impressive. I mean, I was just walking by and it was so impressive. Like, she went and t- told me the story and it's, it's in three different, gonna be in three different languages. Mm-hmm. There's merchandise based on the characters in Freaking the comic. short of, film. And there's a short <laughs> film, there's a trailer. Yeah, that's really and, cool. and, uh, the trailer is in English, but it's, uh, uh, translated, uh, in, into Korean. Yeah, Korean subtitles. So it's like, dude, like, where do you, where do you stop? Like she just keeps going yeah. and going and going. I mean, when you think you got it, there's more. There's more merch. There's more stuff. There's more appearances. There's panels. I mean, she's out. She's out there. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's freaking translating it into Spanish. Right. That's awesome. That's exactly. Super cool. And I believe she said that she's trying to like go to a convention in Mexico. Like, yes, oh, wow. in Mexico City. Yeah, in yes. Mexico City. And I was just like, she's dang. like, I wanted to get this book out in Spanish so I can go to the Mexico City uh, Conque. I think it's Conque. Is what it's called. Uh Um, and, uh, it just happened actually, I believe. Uh So she didn't get to go, but I'm just like, dude, I just found out about this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a year ago and I didn't even know what it was. And she's already like trying to, trying to be there. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what? That's, uh, like I said, she's, uh, she's on it. She, Uh, you know, she's taking notes and she's taking numbers for sure. So just uh, a reminder, you can find all the information you would ever want to know about Shiro Comics and uh, Raven Choi, the book series that we uh, reviewed today at Shiro Comics, S-H-E-R-O Comics dot com. And I think on the back of that book, there's also some, like, uh, is that another book that's coming? Oh, no, that's no, the one. Two. That's number book two. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. But I think she has on the website, I think there might be other projects that they were going to be, um, going to be publishing and yeah, the things that are planned. So I think that, uh, 
if you are interested at all about what she has coming uh, up in the future, definitely check out the website because it, it seems that she has a, a lot of information up there. Yeah, there's um, some Raven Choi Chapter 3 came out February, and that's that's the most recent thing that they have on here. So. Oh, right on. Cool. So uh, are we ready to rate it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I, I don't know why I looked at the penis. <laughs> uh, uh, this is Sarah, and I think I'm going to go with three conchas, just because I got the full extent of the story uh, the way that I think. Um, you know what? I just I just love the way my brain handled all the information. So um, it's something that I want to know what happens next. Although, like you said, we already kind of know who the mole is. Oh, but um, I really want to know um, how she grows as a character and handling the situation. So I'm going to give it tres conchas. Okay. This is Kristen. And um, even from the things that I was saying that uh, were I was critiquing or that were problematic for me, uh, like I said in the beginning, I love spy stories. I love espionage stories. And I do love uh, that over these three issues, it did at the end get me hooked that I want to know what happens and I think at the end of the day that's what a successful comic should do is um, at the end of the issue you want to keep reading so um, I will also give it three conchas um, because for whatever things that I nitpicked on in the book the just amazing passion that Shakita has and the work that she's put into this project I think um, garners a three conchas rating for sure Mm-hmm. Now, I'm stuck again. <laughs> <laughs> and because I am stuck, I am going to give it two and a half corners. Okay. Um, um, because, I, as you said, oh yeah, I still want to keep reading this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this will get the three contrast and plus once the series is over. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's one of those things where I think we'll be like read better once it's kind of in a graphic novel format. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, once it's in a graphic novel format, it's, like, the... How you can continue it is going to be stupendous. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's, like, it's a, it's a screenplay. And screenplays themselves have natural pauses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Each book ends, like, in, like you're trying to catch your breath. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. like, and then you're jumping onto another scene. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Uh, that That is very much really cool, and I can't wait to read it. But I think that once it's done, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and so for right now, it gets it's gets two and a half. Minutes. And I can't wait till both of you guys are shocked that the person you thought was the mole was not the mole. <laughs> I mean, by the end of the third book, it's basically confirmed. <laughs> it, it's pretty much confirmed. But I... It, if there's a surprise in store for me, then I I can't wait to be surprised. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our rating, guys. All right, guys. Now it's time for On My Radar. So, On My Radar is actually a book that has not come out yet, but... This was from East LA Cape, and when uh, he told us about this, I literally gasped when he did. <laughs> so this uh, comic is called Heroes and Lovers, mm. and it is a telenovela 
stylized comic. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. And I I'm trying to I'm trying to remember um um I think his name is Justin. Mhm. And he also does another comic called Brother Crow, which we picked up at East LA Cape. But uh, I believe the book hasn't come out yet. But the idea itself is amazing, and it's written by a Latino man. So that in itself is already why it's on my radar. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, and I, I honestly cannot wait until this comes out. Oh my so god, me too. I... I, I actually don't know. I think he's kickstarting it, or. I think he is kickstarting it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I also went to his table, um, at East LA Cape and I'm just like, where is this book? Like he pitched it and I was like, I really want to read it now. Like, mm-hmm. like he shouldn't have even told me like, now I'm just like, when is it out? When is it out? Tell mm-hmm. me please. We need to know. Cause as soon as it comes out, man, I'm there. I'm you there. Just, I'm hooked. We're, we're there. We're mm-hmm. so ready. We're so ready for this. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when it's coming out and we're ready for this. <laughs> Definitely. It just says coming soon. <laughs> what a, uh, what a tease. But yes, uh, that is also on my radar for sure. It, uh, it sounds very cool. Very, very cool. Okay. So this is Kristen. And, um, what is on my radar is, uh, actually some books that will be coming out next week at your local comic shop. Um, I think you may oh, remember when I was talking about, I think it was on, on my radar many moons ago when there was a, uh, Batman Elmer Fudd crossover. Yes, the Tom King one. Yes, which was really good. I highly recommend it. So good. Um, but there have been since then multiple DC Hanna Barbera crossovers. Let, mm-hmm. let me. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but isn't uh, Elmer Fudd and Batman uh, uh, um, nominated for the Einstein Award? Yes, it is. Yes, mm-hmm. for I, I guess short coming like one shot one shot maybe yeah i yeah. don't know what the actually uh it was nominated for but yes i do remember seeing it it was so good i really liked it i, I loved it so much and tom king i mean you put tom king's name on anything and it sounds like hot case <laughs> yep. um but um since then there has been um geez there was a wonder woman and who was the crossover with with wonder woman I don't remember. Not the recent Young Animals one, was right? Was it Tasmania? Well, there was a Tasmanian Devil, Devil one. But that wasn't Wonder Woman. That was, that was, there's been a Lucy, a Looney Tunes one, which was where the Elmer yeah. Fudd one Yeah, so Elmer Fudd is Looney Tunes, yeah. There was another one with some other Hanna-Barbera. Uh, wasn't it the Martians? Oh, Mar- there was Martian? Jetsons. The, oh, yes, the Jetsons. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The Martian with the, Martian Manhunter? No? I thought. Yeah, but that's Looney Tunes. Oh, I yeah. see. So the Jetsons is just hanna Barbera, isn't it? Well, anyway, it was not a crossover. But anyway, there's been some Hanna-Barbera stuff that has come out um, over the past year. And there are now going to be some DC crossovers coming out next week that I am all about. Oh, my gosh. I remember these cartoons from being a kid when I was telling Jen about um, the <laughs> the titles. She just looked at me with a blank stare on her face because she has <laughs> no idea who these people are. But... Hold on to your britches, you Gen Xers that are listening, because this is what's coming out on May 30th at your local comic shop.
Flash and Speed Buggy. I don't know who Speed Buggy is. Shut the F up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fooey. And then my favorite, Aquaman and Jabberjaw. (laughs) Oh my god. I am so excited about these books, and um, I hope you will continue to tune in to Comadre and Comics uh, <laughs> on the next episode, because these two uh, women have no idea who Jabberjaw, Hong Kong Fooey, or Speed Buggy are. Hey, at least I have an excuse. <laughs> but yes, uh, Sarah, this is like right up your age generation alley, so hey, I... I'm surprised you guys, that you don't know. You guys didn't know who Mask was. <laughs> Who's Mask? M A S K. Oh no, I did. <laughs> I I did know. Uh, who? I just never watched it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. The the most I have experience with those are like uh, that era is Transformers. But hung. But. Hanna Barbera shows were like so freaking like they oh, were everywhere. Okay. Yes, speed buggy. I am familiar. I just didn't know it was called speed buggy. Okay. okay. So Jabberjaw is the big shark. <gasps> yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> and Hong Kong Fooey is like this dog. This dog with like long, um, uh, black ears and he is a kung fu master. And he would always say, Hong Kong Fooey! <laughs> Oh my god, yes! <laughs> okay, okay, it's all coming back to me now. Man, that took a bit. I didn't know their names. It was during the time that I watched these that I only spoke Spanish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cause I, I don't think I had even started like kindergarten or even really grasping English. But yes. Yes, I am familiar with these characters. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, now that we're friends now. again, <laughs> um, there is just, oh my God, I'm looking at the cover art right now. I'll have to share this on Instagram and on our Facebook, but like, it's the long haired Aquaman, but honestly, I don't even care because, <laughs> because Jabberjaw is like standing behind him and, and like, it looks like Aquaman is like leaning up against him. It's just so awesome. That is so cool. Oh my God. I, I don't even know how they wrap their mind around creating something so awesome like that. <laughs> like, like you say it out loud and it yeah. sounds kind and of And it sounds like, silly. Yeah. Okay. Didn't. Batman and Elmer Fudd sound completely ridiculous. Yes, totally. And it is now an Eisner nominated mm. book. It, wow. And it was amazing. Oh, it looks like shit. He's trying to hug Aquaman into a lover's pose. It does! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all about it. I'm so, I mean, it. it is. Okay, so it says yes, popular characters from 1970s era um, Hanna Barbera cartoons. So these are all one shot team ups. And, um, we are, uh, getting the Aquaman Jabba Jaw, um, and it, I think there's actually a short little story at the end of some of them. Um, at the end of the Aquaman, uh, Jabber Jaw, oh my gosh, <laughs> at the end of the Aquaman Jabber Jaw book, it includes a short story with Captain Caveman meeting Shazam. Okay, I know who Captain Caveman is. Captain Caveman! Okay, he was awesome. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So I cannot wait. These are the three that um, are coming out next week. I'm actually not certain if there's going to be more coming out um, in the future. there is. But I mean, these have been gold for, uh, for DC and, um, I just, um, I'm here for all of it. I just (laughs) cannot wait. I'm just trying to, I'm searching to see if there's any that are coming up in my, so who's writing them? Cause I, with the Looney Tunes one, they put like some good talent. Well, the Aquaman Jabberjaw is written by Dan Abnett. Oh, and Flash Speed Buggy is like, Kindle edition is by Scott Lobdell. So I'm assuming that all the editions are by him. So I don't know what that actually means, but the information for who's writing the other one isn't readily available here. Oh, Hong Kong Fui is that to clash with DC Comics? Uh, but it doesn't actually say who's writing it. I'd, I'd have to do a little bit more um, digging. digging. So yeah, I don't want to waste time as I'm looking on Google because you just have one short, small little uh, week to wait and you can just have it in your own little hot hand. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely go out and uh, buy it. If you are interested, you can even call your local comic shop now and reserve a copy uh, so that you will not miss what is sure to be the most amazing uh, comic <laughs> book ever. <laughs> Crossover series, yes. So that is what is on my radar. Excellent. So that was on my radar. I guess that brings us to the end of this episode, guys. Where can they find us? What are we doing? What's going on? So, they can find us at the Tia Chucha event. Yes. <laughs> a festival of words. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. June 2nd, which is a Saturday. And it's a little bit later. I think it says that it starts at 2? I believe so, yes. Yeah, 2 mm-hmm. to 7, I think it was. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was on late. Yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys. Are we going to have conchas? Are we going to have conchas? We just first come, first serve, yeah, guys. Yeah, we're going to have conchas, but it's first come, first serve. So um, definitely come early if you want <laughs> conchas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we will also have some of the books that we reviewed on previous episodes mm-hmm. up for sale. Um, and we will have swag for you guys as well. Yes, we will. So until then, you can always catch us on, um, Instagram at Comadresy Comics. Or on Twitter at Comic Comadres. We're on Facebook and our email is comadresycomics at gmail.com. I would like to, uh, also shout out Naveen. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Sal- uh, salutations to you. Anything else, guys? Shout out to the brewery for this amazing <laughs> tart beer that made Jen <laughs> <laughs> recollect the, uh, the bile in her mouth from her 21st birthday. <laughs> Dude, next time I bring a weird beer, I'm just gonna record you guys because the the faces you guys both made, oh they both they both drank at uh, out of their cup at the same time, and it was like the funniest faces. <laughs> but definitely shout out to all of the listeners who have come up to us at conventions, um, at our tables, um, at the panels that we've done, and also uh, customers who've come into Heidi Ho and said, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. Thank you so much for a, for listening, but B, for uh, coming up to us and telling us that you listen. Because honestly, uh, every time it happens, I'm in complete and utter shock. So thank you so much. 
Um, thank you f to Armando from Café con Leche. Um, he actually spoke to one of the guys that was at our panel um, early in the morning at 11 at Comic-Con Revolutions. And uh, they had a, a, a very, he was just uh, so in awe that we, there was so much content out there that he wasn't aware of. So um, even if we just reach one person in, in a uh, panel, um, it's just awesome to hear the feedback from that. Uh, thank you so much for attending the panel. And thank you, Armando, for uh, passing on that information to us. Yes, definitely. That's amazing. At uh, Free Comic Book Day 2, somebody said, Oh, there's somebody who is a fan of yours and said that he has your pin from before and is, he has been listening. He didn't even meet you just today. He's been listening for a while. So that was super cool, too. Yeah, it's very exciting. So, yeah, just come on up to us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, comment online on social media. Um, we are super responsive and always love uh, hearing from you guys. Absolutely. All right, guys, that has been our um, our episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.